together in this house. You know, even if there were just two of us, it would feel the same. Because when we gather together in his name, there he is in the midst of us. And he's ready to meet us this morning. Amen. He's constant. I'm going to be speaking from Psalm 91. It's a favorite of mine. I have a favorite song from that psalm that talks about dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. Um, And then even when we're feeling alone, we can know that he is covering us and we can dwell in him and, and count on that. So I want to talk to you about the term coverage. What comes to mind when you hear that word? Anybody? Protection? Sometimes we think of coverage like you'll hear people say, well, I, I don't know if I can cover that financially. Well, we're going to need to cover that shift. Work. But I'm talking about spiritual covering from the Lord. And then we're going to talk about how we can cover one another. Amen? Psalm 91 is a picture of a close and intimate relationship with God. We discover the safety of abiding in him, the benefit of abiding in his presence. There are some words in this psalm that are illuminated when we read it. When I read it, there are words that stick out to me. Um, Sometimes things will become more prominent depending on what you're facing, what the situation is that you're in. But before we dive into Psalm 91, let's pray, not only for this gathering, but for our children, for our teens, and for what the Lord has in store for this house throughout this morning together. I believe we're going to take some ground today. Um, I more than believe it. I'm counting on it because we need to take some ground. Um, We need to awaken to what is happening. And so I'm asking for revelation in this house today, for strength, for a lifting, for deliverance, for the breaking of chains. Now we think of breaking of chains because of chain breakers. We automatically assume I'm talking about addiction. That too. But there's something that needs to break in this house. There's something over the body of Christ that needs to go. So we're going to take that ground today. But first, we're going to pray. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We thank you that you are constant. You do not change. And yet your mercies are new every morning. Thank you for who you are. And because of who you are, we gather today to give you glory, honor, and praise. To exalt you because you're worthy of that. You're the only one worthy of that. And so, Lord, as we lift you up in this house, as we gather in your name, as we gather to to learn of you, as we gather to support our fellow family members, as we gather to welcome new family members, 
We keep our eyes on you, Jesus. We're looking for the direction. We're looking for the move. But, Lord, right now we're going to talk about how you cover us. Help us, Lord, to receive it. Let it be marked on us, Jesus. Let us wear it to know that we are covered and that we are called to cover others. In your precious name we pray. Have your way today, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Did you ever have a secret place when you were little? Could have been in a closet, could have been some little nook or cranny in the house, could have been a tree fort, could have been anything. Secret places are awesome because they're secret. They're yours. Until a sibling finds out about it. No. I had a big brother eight years older than I, so he didn't care about any of it. He just didn't want me in any of his. Um, but those secret places in the Lord are, you know, we each, each one of us have it. Because each one of us have a separate relationship with him. We have our own relationship with him. We have a relationship that we experience when we come together collectively. But that relationship we have with him, secret places develop because we will know him in a way. And he will know us in a way that belongs to no one else. Isn't that amazing? That the God of all time seeks us in that way. And provides for us in that way. That's when those times when we haven't spoken a word to anyone. And he shows up. And you can feel him saying, yeah, that was just for you. Because I knew. You didn't say it. You didn't even ask for it. But I gave it because I love you so much. And to prove to you, I see you. I've got you. This is ours, you and me. I know times when I have taken out time, especially for either Tim and I or Owen and I or Declan and I. Those times are very special, especially when you tell someone, this is just for us. No one else is coming. This is our day. We're just going to do what you would like to do. We have that relationship with him. This is just about you. Even when he's working in us. I talked to several people, and they're like, he's like going to places that I had forgotten about. Gladly forgotten about. And he will come to us out of his great love and say, yeah, right. We're going to get to that. Because, see, I need you to go somewhere. I need you to grow in me in a way. But if we don't take care of that, it's going to get in our way. Mine and yours. Isn't he awesome? Sorry, I'm off my notes. All right. You know I get behind. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Dwell. To sit down, remain, stay, 
are some of those words hard sometimes? We're training a new puppy. She stays for about two seconds. Okay, stay. No, I'm not. <laughs> but I did it for two seconds. Um, to make one's abode. To be set in place. When Pastor and I came here, didn't make sense that we were coming other than the Lord said go. And we had served him long enough to know that when he says go, you just go. You don't ask a lot of questions. You don't ask for a lot of details. Just go. We knew we had been set in place. Then the Lord goes over the years, that's why. That's why. See, this is why. And he makes sense out of it later. Dwelling is a choice. We can choose to know of him. We can choose to talk about him. We can choose to use him as a genie. I, I need something. Okay, okay, let's talk because I need something. Or we can dwell. Think about when you're with your friend or a family member, your spouse, whoever it may be. And it's supposed to be just the two of you. You know the difference when they are present and they are dwelling with you and when they're distracted. So much of our time with him can be distraction. Even when we come to church, we can have 50 million things going on in our head. That's why we encourage you, when you come into the house of God, lay aside everything. And if you have trouble with it, I know I say it so often, I probably get on your nerves. Let's just all raise our hands and give him everything so that we can focus on him and what he wants to do in this house, what he wants to do in us. Because you can sit through a service, and it's squirrel, squirrel. You know, the Lord's talking to us. Man, that was good, Pastor. Oh, yeah, I need to make that appointment. Oh, I wonder how this is going to, how that situation is going to come out. I went, and we're just all over the place. It's important. This is valuable time that we have together once a week. Now, we do other things. There is something special every time we gather. There's something very vital about when the body of Christ is gathering together and we are worshiping together and we are hearing word together and we are hearing vision and direction together. So we do need to come and dwell. Not just here. Now I'm getting to the second half of my lesson. I better keep going. Dwell. Does everybody get that? There's a difference in being with. There's a difference in talking with. And then there's dwelling. Dwelling is purposeful and intentional. 
speak. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. I will say of him. What are we speaking about him? What are we saying about the Lord? Well, Lord, I don't know how you're going to get out me out of this one. I know you can do a lot of things, Lord, but I don't know about this one. How are we speaking of him? My God's got this. I know it's awful. I don't like this, but he's got it. It matters how we speak of him, how we speak about him. So what are you doing Sunday? What are you doing this weekend? Like, this is a, a question that gets asked every Friday, 45 times, no matter who comes in the office. So what are you all doing this weekend? Like, they know what we're going to say. <laughs> and this weekend it was like, <laughs> um, well, Friday night is come as you are. Well, it's come as you are. That's ladies' night. What do you do at that? I was like, well, we're going to watch a movie. Well, what kind of movie are you going to watch? About prayer? Oh. About prayer? That's Tom. Yeah, we're going to learn about prayer because we all need to be reminded. Or do we say, oh, I just got some stuff to do. Well, what are you doing the rest of the weekend? I'm going to church on Sunday. Again? Yeah. Yeah, again. Or is it, yeah, because it's the greatest, you should come. I don't want to miss being with my family. Your family, your whole family goes to church? Well, yeah, not my blood family. I mean, my kids go to church, and my husband's a pastor, so he has to go to church. And, you know, you can throw some funny in. But don't miss an opportunity to speak of him and him in our lives with other people. They may look at you like you're just crazy. But I've had people soften, like like the lady that asked about come as you are. She's like, oh, I thought ladies' night. I was like, yeah, there's that ladies' night. But this is different. We just come as we are. You know, if you're feeling on top of it, that's great. If you're not, still come because you'll feel better by the time you leave. Oh, you're planting seed. How do we speak of him? How do we speak of what we've been blessed with? Confidence. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. We need to speak in confidence about who he is and what he can do. Sometimes it's easier for us to speak that to others than it is to ourselves. It's really important that we're speaking to ourselves that way. I am confident in you, Lord, because I've seen what you can do. I haven't faced this but you brought me through so many other things. I will speak in confidence about who you are. 
this passage is a call to confidence. He is my rest. He will not forsake me. Then there's declaration, verses 5 through 8. Declare his protection, his goodness, his faithfulness, his power. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation. Verse 9 is about investment. When we make the Lord... Our habitation. There shall be no evil befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee. To keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands. Lest thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under your feet. When we invest in our relationship with him, there are powerful benefits. It's not you come to the Lord and it's just poof, here's everything, everybody gets everything. There are some things we all get everything, but it's like it's just like my relationship with him, with pastor. If I'm truly dwelling with him and investing in our relationship, there are benefits. There are things that will come from that and there's strength that will come from that that will not be there if I'm not doing that. It's the same way with the Lord. When we invest, we grow in ways and learn things and understand how to move in things because he's constantly speaking, constantly teaching. He's excited when we want to grow. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm all about it. Come on, let's go. So we have a choice. We can invest in that relationship with him, or we can just ride it out. Yeah, I'll come to church. It felt good. That was a great song. Made me cry, Lord. Thanks for the promotion, Lord. There's something so special about when this house comes to him for him. You are enough. Just, just who you are, not without ever doing anything for me. You are enough. That song, I Just Want to Move Your Heart. We should come with that in mind. I want to bless your heart, Jesus, because you've been so good. I don't know where I'd be without this relationship. I don't know where I'd be without you seeking after me. He does. He seeks us out in ways that are mind-blowing. I had given up on me a long time ago. I'm like, girl, please. 
knew that he was constantly there's no other love like it. The relationship. Because you've set your love upon me, I'm going to deliver you. says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Pastor has spoken to this before. He doesn't always take the trouble away. He does sometimes. But don't ever think just because the trouble isn't going away that he's not smack right in the middle. That he's not ahead of you in it. That he is not already providing. That's why when we come to things sometimes and we're like, oh, Lord, why did I have to do that? Or like, why did that happen? And then you get to the next thing, and you are suddenly aware, that's why you did that. I didn't like that. But if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't survive this. Like, you were already ahead. I didn't like the move you made, but it was for my good because you knew this was coming. And that had to be taken care of before I could deal with this. When I say he is ahead of us, he is ahead of us. He is not taken by, it's not like, oh, wow, that happened to you? Okay, let's see what I can do about it. Sometimes we think that way. Okay, Lord, this is, did you see that? Sometimes that's like we talk to him, sometimes like we talk to other people. Did you, can you believe that? Can you believe that just happened? Sometimes we're that way with him. Well, yeah, I can because I knew it was coming. And I got it. I know it's hard. I know it seems like there's no possible way. I know this hurts. I know it's painful. I know it's leaving a scar. I got it. I've got it. I've got you. I've got all the things that you've surrendered to me, I've got it. I'm ahead with provision. I'm ahead with time to hold you and console you and speak to you. I've got it. You just got to trust me. We really cannot go by what we see. And it's hard. We're human. We're human. So we go by what we see and what we feel. And more than ever before, Spirit of Grace, we have got to get out of our feelings and move in what we know of him and what we know he has called this church to, what he has called you to. Our feelings can talk us out of all of it. I don't feel like going to church today. 
I don't feel like you have purpose for me. I don't feel like you're getting me. Check out of your feelings and step into the truth of who he is, who he has proven himself to be to you. And if you're just starting on your walk with him and he hasn't even had a chance yet, hold on. He is constantly, if you got up this morning and you took a nice big breath, he's already provided life. And we take that for granted. If you got up and walked out of your home today, you're already blessed. I went to sit with Carol yesterday while Dwayne was here at uh, men's breakfast. And I walked in and she wasn't in her chair. And all of a sudden she walked out with her walker standing and walking on her own. And this was my response. <laughs> I was like, you're up. Like, you're, like, you're walking. She was like, I know, that's why I was in the bathroom, because I wanted to surprise you. And I was like, I'm trying not to cry. Like, I just, I had not expected to see her up and moving around on her own. I should have, because that's what I asked the Lord for. But it was a sweet surprise to see her up and moving and confident. Amen. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So, if we know that he covers us, even if we need to be reminded, if we know that he covers us, if we understand that if we dwell in him, that provides so much for us, to us, over us, then we need to know this. We have a responsibility to cover others. There's a clip that's been going around, and I read it twice. And sometimes when I read something, the Lord's kind of like, yeah, stick, you know, hold on to that for a minute, because at some point. And it came up again this week, and the Lord was like, that. He was talking about there's a, a game that the kids play. And during the game, they're in battle. And they'll have to say, okay, I'm going to go do this. Cover me. Or, you know, I'm under heavy fire. Cover me. We need to get comfortable with covering people. And we need to get comfortable with asking for cover. We're covered by him. But sometimes we need our brothers and sisters to cover us. And if you're not comfortable asking for it, you're probably not as comfortable doing it as you should be. 
Now, this is an area I have to work in. So I tend to be very private with a lot. I'll talk to the Lord about it. I'm good. And then the Lord will bring people in my lives that, that will just walk up to me and bust all up in my stuff. <laughs> because he knows that I need people like that. The Lord instructed Pastor and I to ask a few people here in church to, in our church family, to be a special covering for us. It was a hard thing to do because we want to serve. We don't want to ask for stuff. We want to serve. And the Lord was, he just kept up, kept up, kept up. So we called our cover, Pastor Suber, and he said, do it and do it now. We were like, well, what about it? He was like, don't question it. Don't question what he said. Do it and do it now. This is not something you can debate about now. And so we were like, okay. They had just done it probably six months before. We have to get comfortable with asking and saying, I am going through something, and I need, I need you to cover me. We need to get comfortable with that. I'm not feeling real confident. I'm not sure where my place is in the body of Christ. I don't even know if the Lord has a plan. I got a lot of doubts. I need cover. We, we will seek out all kinds of other coverage in our lives, but we're very hesitant about asking for spiritual cover. Pastor and I cover this body in prayer. Sometimes you need a relationship in the body of Christ that you can say, I need cover. Come as you are has that coverage. God has put an anointing of coverage on that place where women are coming in, they don't even know us, and they're like, Wah. Now you would think, well, women like to talk and they like to share. No. I've been in women's ministry all my life. And that's why I told the Lord, this time... I am not willing to open it up unless you show me specifically that it can be different. Women aren't always a safe place to each other. But God has put an anointing on that gathering, and he said, also, it will not just be for spirit of grace women. I'm going to draw women to this from everywhere. And he's doing that. There is an anointing of unity no matter what we're doing and I'm thankful for that you have to cover that if you don't cover it flesh is going to stomp right back up into it and run amok because that's just, just what flesh does so we have to cover it we needed cover going through the loss of my mother this church was a covering for us we felt it. We knew it. I knew it out there. When I could not pray, I knew that there were people interceding for me. That's a valuable, valuable thing. 
and it's something we have to get we have to get comfortable with. I'm having a hard time. I need you to cover me. I'm going through a loss. I need you to cover me. The Lord is taking me into something. I don't know, understand what he's coming through, and I want to follow in obedience. I need you to cover me and pray for me, that I'll be obedient when he speaks, that I will move when he says move, that I will stay still when he says stay still. We need to get cover, comfortable with asking for that. I've just received news I didn't want. It's the beauty of the body of Christ being walked out. It's an opportunity to put everything we say into action. So this is how we do it. I'm going to kind of compare Psalm 91 to how we cover one another. It matters how we dwell in him with one another. How we dwell in him will affect how we dwell with one another. It will have a direct impact on how we are when we walk in this building. And this is not in judgment. This is just mama bear talking we have to be careful how we enter this house we have to intentionally dwell in him so that when we come into this opportunity to be with one another and grow with one another that we respond the way we need to respond that we're ready to cover. I can remember times when I was studying, I can remember times growing up that when prayer was happening, when something very specific was going on, the body of Christ would kind of gather around and cover the person praying so they weren't distracted. I can remember times where the Lord would just call me into prayer in the altar. And either my mom or someone else would come over, get down on their knees, and sit with me until the Lord was done. It was cover. It was encouragement. Sometimes my mom would just sit there and hum and say, go ahead. Don't rush him. He's doing awesome things right now, Trish. Just go ahead. Be in his presence. It's okay. Don't worry about anybody else. Those were times that kept me later. Because I was encouraged and taught how to dwell, how not to hurry, 
we get in a big hurry around meals when we come home. Oh, sermon was good. We had a little worship at the end. Okay, let's go. If you ever feel God calling you to this altar, and I know, I don't just feel, I know that he is calling us into something different. And we better be willing to tarry. We better not schedule every minute after church with something else. Because he's going to want to dwell a little extra. And we better have time allotted to dwell. Because during those times when he calls and he said, okay, spirit of grace. I need you to tarry. I need you to wait on me. I need you to be in my presence. Because I'm going to download some stuff. I'm going to impart some stuff that you're going to need. The calling that I've placed on you is going to require some sacrifice in your schedule. I encourage you, don't make Sunday another day to just do stuff and get stuff done. Don't put a time limit on, well, I can be there till 12.09 and then I got to go. Sometimes we all have stuff that it's just, it is the way it is. But don't make it a rule of thumb that, okay, so then I can get 12 more things in on a Sunday and make it a work day. You need a day of rest. There are going to be people that the Lord calls into this house that are going to need more than a five-minute altar call. They're going to need people that will get in the floor and clean up the Kleenex and provide more Kleenex and sit with them and say, it's okay. Don't rush him. He's doing beautiful things in you right now. He's giving you things. I know you don't understand it. That's the level we need to grow to, Spirit of Grace. And if you're sitting here and you've only been here for a year or six months, please don't tell yourself, the Lord can't use me that way because I haven't been here that long. I've never had that experience in the altar. The Lord is doing a quick work, and he is raising up an army of people that are just willing. Yeah. I don't know what God's doing. I'll sit by somebody and pray with them. I don't know what to say. God will God will lead you. Sometimes just being that person that will sit like, if you don't think I didn't feel out of place as a young person, laying on my face, everybody's leaving to go out to eat. Something in me that wanted nothing more than whatever he was doing. I didn't understand it. I didn't know. But having my mom or another elder in the church just come and say, go ahead, Trish. It's just you and Jesus. There are valuable places, precious places in the Lord that we haven't even experienced as a body together. But they're coming. 
I'm telling you, we need to be willing to spend the time. Other than our check-in, check-out. Again, I'm not coming to you. I'm not, I'm not sharing with you in condemnation. I'm sharing with you out of a heart of a pastor that knows the days ahead are just going to require more. And I know that only sounds like sacrifice, but such a huge part of that is we've asked God for things. And sometimes the answer to those things requires time. Your dwelling will directly speak to what he can do for you and through you, which is so much more valuable. What he can do for me is awesome, but what he can do through me is about him. It's not even about me, but I have to invest. I have to take the time to say, Lord, if there's something that needs to be taken out, take it. There's something in me that's getting in the way. Let's handle it. And that requires time. It requires time at home. If it's in your car, if you have to go to the bathroom at work, when he calls you, if it's in the middle of the night, answer. Here am I. What you got, Lord? How we speak of one another. There are times in the heart of pastors that when something catches, it just does something to the inside of you. So when we begin to hear in Shane Breakers, hi, my name is, and I'm a child of God. It just infused something into us. But here's where it needs to turn. When people come in and they're struggling, they don't know how to be in church, how we're in church. They don't know what to do with their kids. The words that need to come out of Yep. That's a child of God. They don't know it yet. They're a child of God. They don't even know who Jesus is. They don't know why we're raising our hands and acting crazy. They're going to find out. And we love them. And we prayed for them. Those, those God's kids. Isn't that awesome? Aren't they beautiful? <laughs> Aren't they amazing? How do we speak about him? How do we declare him? How do we speak about one another? And how do we declare? That's my brother. That's my sister. It's a family. 
What do you mean that's your family? That's my family. That's the family, not only that I've chosen, but that God gave to me. You set value on the family of God and the body of Christ by how you speak about it. I don't care where you are, if you've been serving Jesus two minutes or 200 years, that's something to think about. Declare confidence in one another. Yeah, that's my family. They've got my back. In any situation, I can ask for cover. And they've got me. There are millions of people walking around wishing, wish I had somebody in my life that would just come to me. I wish I had somebody in my life that had my back. Why are they walking in this building saying, this feels like home? Man, people love each other here. Because that's the calling God has placed on Spirit of Grace. Open arms, open heart to receive. How do we invest in one another? By showing up. Not just in attendance, but by showing up ready. Yes, Lord, I have needs. Yes, I have pain. Yes, I have these situations. But I'm showing up for my family today, and I'm going to give that to you, and I'm going to look for a way to bless somebody. I'm going to look for a way to. Don't just walk in and out of this building for yourself. It's tempting. Some days we're like, I got enough to put one foot in front of the other and put my carcass in a chair. Okay. So surrender that to him. I had enough to get to this chair, Lord. Now I'm going to surrender all this stuff and help me now be a blessing. Put somebody in my path. Show me my family member that needs something, that needs some cover, and help me be willing to go. We invest by growing together. I read something. Oh, I'm going to read it because I wrote it down and can't understand my writing now. It says, no one can do cardio for you. No one can build muscle for you. No one can eat healthy for you. Wouldn't that be nice? That's why getting in good shape is the ultimate sign of self-respect and discipline. There's no cheat code. You have to do the work day in and day out. Spiritually, spiritually speaking, no one can do your spiritual cardio for you. I can encourage you. No one can build muscle for you. 
We need to build spiritual muscle. How do we do that? By going through some stuff. Relying on him. Being able to rely on one another. You build spiritual muscle. When something, when everything around you is, is telling you the opposite of what he says, you build spiritual muscle by declaring who he is. You build spiritual family muscle by declaring who your family is. It's just a bunch of God's kids getting together. Just a big family. I tell everyone that. It's just a big family, hon. Come on and check us out. Just a big family. Because people think of church as... Some of their experiences have been awful. It's heartbreaking. So when they come in the spirit of grace, they feel something different. No one can eat healthy for you. No one can tell you to turn off the stuff that's dragging you down. No one can go in and set the atmosphere in your home. I can come and pray over your home and anoint your home, but I can't establish the atmosphere that needs to be in your home. You have to do that. That's why getting in good shape is the ultimate sign of respect for the body and discipline for the body. Do you realize that the way you approach your relationship with the Lord and what you invest and the disciplines and the, and the, the um, boundaries that you set for yourself make a difference in this house when you walk in here. And the lack of makes a difference in this house. We're just not in this for ourselves. When we invest, when we dwell, there's no cheat code. We have to do the work together day in and day out. And then comes relationship. Relationship with the Lord, relationship with one another. We have beautiful relationships around here, but it's something that we have to continue to cultivate because we have to keep making room for more and more and more. Well, we don't even know, like, I mean, we're packing this place out. We're going to pray for more? Better believe it. If we have to take these chairs two inches from the altar, if we have to put down folding chairs, if the praise team has to just sit on the platform the whole service, we're going to pray for more. And if we are collectively doing the work, if we're dwelling in him, if Psalm 91 is our mantra, I will dwell in him. I will speak of him. I will have confidence in him. I will invest in my relationship with him. And I'll take care of that relationship. 
and I'll value the benefits. I'll dwell with the body that the Lord has placed me in. I will speak well of the body that the Lord has placed me in. I will have grace for the new kids on the block who don't. Sorry. I don't want to say it's a sore spot with me, but it's a trigger. Be careful. when someone comes in and they don't know what to do. Because we are a couple generations away from, if not more, of, well, of course, nothing's open on Sunday because everybody goes to church, whether they like it or not. Count back to when that was normal. I remember that as a kid. Nothing was open. You didn't have a choice to eat out on Sunday. It's nothing was open. Place was shut down. You went to church. Then things started opening in the afternoon. And yay, we can go to Golden Corral. Mom doesn't have to cook. We don't have to wait for two hours for baked chicken. And now as everything is open, there are 412 million things you can do with your time on a Sunday. But if we set the example of we come to church, we're dwelling with him all week long. But when we come together, we're going to get the overflow of that. And then we're going to dwell with one another in relationship. I hope I've made sense today. If you get nothing else, know this. We need to get ready for what the Lord's bringing. I don't want to just be with him. I want to dwell with him. I want to see those times when we're all like, who cares if it's lunchtime? We're still in the altar. God's got stuff for us, so we're just going to stay. And we're just going to wait and let him do what he wants to do. When you see that, buckle up. Get ready. Because we don't need to worry about. There's a thing out there that, well, we can't do anything that might distract or disturb a visitor. You know, if you get excited and I'm new, I might say, oh, she got a little excited. I don't think I want to go back to that church. When actually what is happening, and I bet if I went to all the people that have only been here a year, what spoke to you when, well, I saw someone and they were just weeping and they were worshiping. And I didn't understand what they were doing. It's what brings someone from the back row to the front row. That bless, it still blesses my heart. 
I tell people, look, our new people are coming in, and they are not, like, fighting for the back seat. They're, like, front and center. Here we go. What's going on? I'm in. It's so awesome. And it should just light a match. Amen? People that are going to come in and say, no, I don't understand that lady who goes, oh, but when she goes, when she goes, oh, something goes right up through me. And it feels kind of good. We had one little boy come up to her and ask, I'm sorry, Jen. You've been here long enough. I can use you as an example. Came up to her and said, could you teach me to do that thing? And she was like, what's that? He goes, that, oh. <laughs> she was like, well, um, that's just the Lord. That's just, you know, when I feel the Lord, that's just what happens. When I feel the Lord, I cry. They probably think I'm the saddest person ever lived. Why is she always crying? Because he's just an incredible, incredible Savior. And we still don't know. I still don't know all of him. And I'm so glad I don't. Because it doesn't give me permission to sit down and check out. If there's more of him, I want it. So let's get it. Amen. Dear Jesus, we love you. We thank you.